This is Red Space, and I'm your host, Chase Parrish. Let's talk about a really tricky and uncomfortable yet nuanced subject in our culture right now. Abortion. Pro-choice. In verifying the sentience of an embryo through the ultrasound, the Bible had already revealed the soul's nativist conditions even prior to the womb. In Jeremiah 1, 5, the first part, quote, In the depths of the earth, Psalm 139, 15, that whenever the sperm would fertilize the egg, that pre-womb soul, if you will, would incarnate embryonic residence. This would commence, hear me, nine months of the most dangerous stage of ontogeny or human development where 42.6 million fetuses yearly were annihilated by, let's frame them correctly, anti-human, depopulative terrorists whose activities have been federalized in 1973 to far exceed America's most numerous manslaughter tactic. Abortion in the first nine months is the most dangerous place for anyone to be. And you and I have both been there. Five Supreme Court justices took it upon themselves to overrule God. Yet for almost 50 years, we have pleaded together for current judges not only to forbear federal funding to such activities, lawless, but also to collectively enshrine abortion a federal crime that while God could have grace upon any who had contracted the murder of their babies, going forward, any doctor who had planned to perform fetal sacrifices or a woman who had set their baby upon Baal's altar should receive due warning for a death penalty. Now, this should be true in my estimation, and I lobby for this in all 50 states. This should be a nationwide obviosity. Yet the government only continues condoning its and policing these stem cell assassins for the study of, as they say, five-day-old masses of cells, end quote. This contributes to diabetes or heart disease. But there was an old singer, you probably know the name, Leonard Cohen, he's saying, there's no decent place to stand in a massacre. For God-fearing men would easily line up to defend our communities, would we not? We would easily defend our families. We would easily defend ourselves. We would easily defend our wives. That if we were to open the front door, swinging it open, to note a stranger assaulting her with a sharp weapon to her neck, yet had a gun in our pocket, would we not easily shut down the threat? As our only rational response to the knowledge of an imminent and brutal murder, especially on our wife would always be direct action. Yet every day, there are 1,820 babies, little ones, unborn babies, massacred in our national backyard. Yet we do nothing. Zilch. We sit and watch it happen with blinders on. Now, really quickly... I want to do a scenario with you.
to illustrate a point. So I want you to imagine yourself, you're strolling through a park, and you witness under a tent a load of people around, a gynecological surgeon, weapon in hand, waving it to pregnant passerbyers, come one, come all, like COVID-19 vaccinations called for in public, right? God-fearing men would instantly dart toward that physician, prying his scalpel from hand, yet every day lynchings enshrined by those same murderers within buildings, under laws, behind licenses, take place in our municipal backyards. There is a problem in our nation. There is a problem among our people. There is a problem in our society, our culture, our hearts. And that problem is focused on me. It's focused on anything outside of me that would wreck my self-preservation, my selfish desires, my inward ambitions, natural proclivities, desires for more and to discard anything that would get in the way is at the root, the very rhizome of the issue. The anti-abortion revolution are seen in categories as domestic terrorist threats by the United States Department of Justice and condemned as bloodthirsty by anti-abortion agencies such as the Family Research Council, Americans United for Life, Concerned Women for America, Susan B. Anthony List, American Life League, Students for Life of America, Pro-Life Action League, and 40 Days for Life. It is as if, like Vadi Bakum said, that kindness has been added as the 11th commandment and we have been told to forget the first 10. I would suggest to my audience that Concerned Women for America who apparently are promotive of biblical values and family traditions, are not at all concerned enough by bootlicking against the threat of the IRS, possibly revoking their 501c3 status so that sponsors would not donate funds because of no tax write-offs. When leftists view babies as parasites, wars as laboratories, and seniors as just disposable, our Second Amendment rights must become inaction. They recognize our duty to protect our own. We the people are the rulers. Elected officials are our representatives, and when they break their part in the social contract, the monarchomac right of revolution is activated, whose justification inspired our American revolution and should currency inspire an Afghanistan revolution against its tyrants and should inspire an American revolution against those who seek to kill and depopulate our own. Jerry Falwell stated about the horrors of 9-11 when we destroy 40 million babies, we make God kind of mad. I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, People for the American Way, all of them 
who have tried to secularize America, I point the finger in their face and say, you help this happen, end quote. To which the 700 Club's Pat Robertson quoted John Harris, God gave us what we deserve. The church, hear me when I say this, is taking part in a great sin against God and the public welfare by failing to discuss this from our pulpits and from our platforms. I am Chase Parrish, and this is Red Space.